0: Orale! Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. This is your host Jorge Martín. Familia, we are on the cusp. When this when this comes out, it'll be the day of the Hall of Fame game. So we got games to look at. So it's, you know, Familia, we got stuff to actually react to. We're still, but right now we're still reacting to what's happening to what happened last year and how we're projecting it to next year. So all you want to make sure you're following us on Familia FFB on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscriber button, hit that like, drop us a comment, por favor. You know what it keeps our numbers growing keeps us putting out great content for you so and speaking of great content you make sure you go to underdogfantasy.com use that promo code familia 23 you're going to get matched your first hundred dollar deposit underdog is going to match with an additional hundred dollars you get best ball drafts i mean amigo ryan we've been doing best ball drafts forever it seems like and uh yeah you get you get the denominations down to three dollars to much higher numbers best ball mania still hasn't filled up so make sure you get using that promo code familia 23. so oh I, I this 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 show has actually been kind of in the making for about six months six months ago i met uh our our invitado uh ryan hallam and i'm telling you uh, i you know what it was just i, I we had multiple conversations over those three days at the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association. And honestly, it was like every time I was talking to him, it was like, my God, this is like a, a, a dear friend. So I want to make sure you're you're following him, familia, at Fighting Chance on Twitter. He's with the Spotlight Sports Group. He's also with Fanjections. Making sure to give give a shout out to my amigo, Ryan Hallam. Welcome. Bienvenido. Estás en tu casa, mi amigo. Uh, Jorge. Thank you for having me on. It's been a, a long time, and I think
1: you hit it exactly right. Like you know, just we we met really for the first time in, at the FSGA, and it was uh, it was simpatico right away, man. And, and I'm glad that we've stayed in touch, and I'm real happy to be joining you on the show.
0: Yeah, it was right after the Super Bowl. I mean, we're we're we were dealing with the Super Bowl hangover and a couple other hangovers that that got caused by uh, FSGA. But oh man, so I mean, here we are. We're you know, we're, I'm going to release this on Thursday the third. And so we're looking at, uh, you know, the, the Hall of Fame game is happening today. So we got five weeks of football, five weeks of some football to react to any kind of like storylines, anything that you're really, really keeping an eye on uh, now that the games are starting to come up. I mean, we still have some guys who haven't even signed.
1: Uh, you yeah. know, we're, we're dealing with injuries every day. So I feel like this has been one of the most newsworthy July's that we've had in a while, you know, between... Dalvin Cook and obviously to a lesser extent like Fournette and Cream Hunt and then Joe Burrow goes down and Cooper Cup left practice yesterday or two days ago now uh so it's just it seems like you know it always just seems like the NFL just never stops and now it just seems like that I know they're not scripting guys not being signed and injuries but it's just like every time something you know happens and we talk about it for a day something else comes up so uh, it's really is now is, is, is a really difficult time to be drafting early, but it's definitely a time to be following the news and, and following it really closely because, you know, people are starting to draft probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if not, you know, the early birds are probably now. So uh, there's a lot of, a lot of pitfalls and, and things to look forward to along the way. And, and, you know, you have to kind of guess of, of what's going to happen as, as we get closer, but it is important to remember, we do have five weeks to go. So, so, you know, you're going to see a lot of, Minor injuries that people are going to probably overreact to that aren't going to be a thing to worry about by the time the season runs around.
0: Yeah, and minor things that maybe don't get played up. Like I, I remember, not a, not a big deal was made out of Najee Harris last year, and that's that was something that really lingered with him. I, I am a little bit worried about the the Joe Burrow and the Cooper Cup ones because they're yeah you know we got a calf with one I, was, I just ha- happened to be talking to a couple of PTs over the weekend at a at a gathering and they're like yeah those things can linger and then hamstring oh Edwin Edwin doctor Porras just was telling me that's got like a thirty three percent recurrence rate with Cooper Cup so oh it's got me a little worried man amigo. and these are highly highly drafted guys. Yeah. And I've already
1: drafted a couple times. So yeah, it was, I am hoping, like I said, we do have five weeks. I'm sure they're going to be very careful with him, especially after the injury last year. Uh, But yeah, you do wonder if, you know, if it starts to linger close to the season, you're always going to be out there week one and hopefully, you know, not pushing himself too soon.
0: Yeah, and it and it's one of those things, and and this is something that any any PT and athletic trainer will say. It's like you can't rush Mother Nature. You can't just rush natural healing, and that's what these things need to do. So, hopefully, you know, and but these players, they push themselves. So, yeah, I'm I'm really hoping just i'm lighting a candle of veladora no no torn ac we've already had enough acls and achilles hopefully all that karma is done and uh everybody sits out practice uh, sits out the exhibition games well maybe just enough to get us to see a a little bit of a taste
1: yeah definitely uh it's preseason is already a little dull enough
0: if we know if we don't get the, the starters at all so we'll see we'll see I, I will say, you know, one, there was one game in particular that really told me a lot was uh, last year was the, with uh, the, when the Chiefs played Mah- Mahomes with the starters for for one quarter. And I, I remember thinking, oh, they're not, they were, I was worried about them, how they were going to look without Tyreek Hill after the, after looking at that quarter. I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling, not, not feeling bad. Any, any team you're really keeping an eye on?
1: I, you know, going back to the Rams, I mean, you yeah. know, just, everything went wrong last year that could have possibly gone wrong Stafford's elbow which was another preseason injury uh you know then Cup went down Akers wanted off the team half the defense got hurt just like every possible thing that could have gone wrong for them went wrong uh and I just feel like assuming again Cup's health I feel like it's gonna be a bounce back year for them I hope uh you know Stafford is not a young guy but you know you know they took almost all of last year off so hopefully he should be good and they still do have some weapons i mean they, the wide receivers aren't deep but uh they do still have some guys so i kind of like to take a look at the rams coming into
0: the year yeah and I, I i like them i haven't sat down with my rams uh beat writer yet we've been trying to that, that's one of the last two that i have to get in uh from uh, my beat writer series but yeah uh, the, that defense is not expected to be good, so they need Cup to be healthy so that they could stay in games. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I got a question. I got, I got a question on your, your Twitter, your Twitter bio. It says you're a 49ers fan and a Cardinals fan. I mean, how, St. Louis Cardinals for baseball. Uh, how does that happen? Uh, Well, it comes with growing up
1: in New York and the New York media and the New York fans basically turns you (laughs) off to every New York team known to man Uh, was going through high school and college in the 90s Yankees dynasty. So it just, uh, and my father was a Mets fan. So like in my DNA, I hate the Yankees, Uh, you know, so uh, for baseball with the Cardinals, I actually did grow up a Mets fan for a while. Um, but as an impressionable younger sibling, my my older brother started liking the Oakland A's with the Bash brothers, Maguire and Kentico. Um, So, you know, at, at least in baseball, I did what he did. I started liking them, and then McGuire got traded to the Cardinals. We followed and have stayed with them ever since. So now it's been, you know, 25, 28 years so that we've been Cardinals fans. The 49ers, I honestly don't remember how I, I – I can tell you when I started liking them, but I – in 1985 everyone liked the Bears. You know, the Bears were just mm. killing everyone and I was 9 years old. It was the first year I really remember watching football and everybody root for the Bears. But I remember the 49ers lost to the Giants next year 17 to 3 and they lost to the Giants in the playoffs the following year 49 to 3. So I know when I started liking them. The only thing I can come up with is my brother's also a Cowboys fan and the Dwight Clark catch uh, you know that always used to really make him really mad. So I'm thinking maybe I went the other way that I did in baseball and went anti him and, uh, became a 49ers fan. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of anti New York, uh, for me and then just found other teams.
0: Well, I, I can, I can totally appreciate the, not liking the Yankees. The Yankees broke my heart twice when I was a kid. So, uh, don't, I don't Reggie Jackson. Oh, oh, oh man. You know, th- th- at least we got him in, in 1981, but, uh, yeah, 49, you know, it's funny the 49ers. I grew up a Ram fan, but, uh i be you know during the 80s and early 90s i got a begrudging just kind of appreciation and respect for the 49ers just because they were so great i mean it was just like how, how could you not just tip your cap to joe montana and then it goes to steve young and he's great he's just great as well so uh i hear you I, I i hear you i could see that favorite player on all of them on both teams
1: I mean, St. Louis—it's got to be McGuire. That's the how I got there. I mean, you know, obviously Wayne Wainwright, and Molina are, are legends, oh, yes. and and of course, you know, Jim, Jim Edmonds in center field was was always awesome. Uh, San Francisco is Jerry Rice. You know, Montana was my first real sports hero, um, but Jerry Rice was just the best of the best. You know, guy, uh, and you know, they always talked about the the mountain he used to run up to train, and how the kids would come up and they could never hang with him. Like he just did everything the right way and, and was always a guy.
0: I mean, still follow him on Instagram. He still just seems like the coolest guy. You know what? He's got a special place for me because 1992, he was my number one pick in my in my third ever fantasy football league. And I ended up stacking with Steve Young. And oh, nice. they were just electric. Even though it was touchdowns only, that, that team still dominated mm-hmm. all season. So Jerry Rice still, he's in the GOAT conversation for me. So Absolutely. Um, I, I, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll put him up with, you know, I, I know the Brady people to a little bit, you know, neighboring to you might have something to say, but um, but yeah, Jerry Rice is a football player, Brady's a quarterback, so a little bit. There you different. go. So, what was baseball or football your first love? I think my first
1: love was baseball. Uh, you know, I always followed both pretty closely. I followed the NBA pretty closely for a while too, but football at this point is, is far surpassed baseball. It just there, it's coming back, Baseball's coming back, but it just I don't know, like I said, football never stops, you know. Uh, and even when my team stunk you know the 49ers stunk for those 20 years, I don't just I can watch any football game with any teams <laughs> even be- even before fantasy football it's just it's just so much fun to watch. it's like you know way more action they're, they're so much better at marketing everything uh, it's just it's just they just draw you in every chance they get it doesn't matter how you know how many times these guys get in trouble or how many money grabs they do or what else it's just they've got us and there's not
0: <laughs> almost nothing we could do about it. It's the event, it's the event of it all. I mean, how they could create events out of the NFL draft and about the schedule release. I mean, just all these different things and just the games themselves. I, th- I think that's what hurts baseball is just like, Oh, you know, the great thing about baseball is you lose, you got a game the next day you get to, to get better on it. Uh But that's also the tough part. It's like, you know, the saturation factor. Um I mean, we love baseball. So, it, you know, it, it it doesn't, it doesn't saturate us. But when you get into football, it's like, oh man, everything come everything stops in those games. So that's why, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I still lean baseball because I want to keep, I want to keep getting tickets to Dodger games for my friends, but, there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> but football is so consuming. It's, it, it, it's so awesome. It, it, it is so awesome. So I, I wanted to, I wanted a uh, separate question is kind of what motivated you to start uh, creating fantasy content? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I was always, like I said, always a rabid sports fan. You know, my dad didn't teach me about cars. My, he didn't teach me about fixing things. Like, we were sports fans. That's, you know, in our house. Uh I collected cards. Like, I just, I know everyone's number. I knew their stats. Like, I, I just dove into it as hard as I could. So, when, when I learned about fantasy, of course, that was pretty much the same thing. Uh, You know, and I had a cousin who I gave advice to, and he told me, he's like, oh, you should start a blog. And I had no idea what that was. And that was, you know, probably 2002 maybe uh so i looked into it you know i started a wordpress blog myself and and that was fighting chance fantasy and that's how i got started and you know all these years later i'm still at it and still loving it and you know that's like it just never stops it's it's just you know i i bowed out a couple times you know life events and things where i where i had to back away but i, I could never get it out of my system Wow wow so is that is is that blog still findable It is yeah uh Brian Drake uh who I think you know oh, yes. he, he's uh-huh. doing it yeah the, we I had it up to about 8 to 10 people at one point before you know fantasy alarm kind of brought me back and you know became full time and then I had to let it go cuz that would be stupid to say no to um, but yeah, yeah. Brian Drake and, and a bunch of other guys still do it. And it's, I know there's less content. He does, you know, a lot of podcasts, but yeah, it's right. still there. Fightingchancefantasy.com. Check it out. They, you know, what they really like to do is grab new young people, you know, give them a chance to, to start. And, and, you know, they find some, you know, Dwayne McFarland, who does a lot of great things. He started there. Casey Kasem started there. Kevin Tompkins started with me. Uh, Gary Haddow that once, uh, Fishbowl Nine started with me. So yeah, a lot of people started there and, and, you know, jumped off to better things. So it's, it'll, you know, I've a shirt and had made and it's always have a little special place for me.
0: Nice little launching pad you got there. Like, you know, kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. Kevin actually was just on the show last week. We talked, oh, there you go. we talked uh, zero RB last week. So, of course you did. Uh, so yeah, of course, of course I had a little <laughs> forum with, with him and uh, um, Dan Turner. So they're, they're zealots for zero RB. They tried to convert me. I, I'm, I'm still holding on to my hero. I'm still holding a Brit Flynn and still be, still keep me holding on to the hero RB. Uh, she else, she also did some writing there as well. Oh, how fantastic. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Um, uh, well, I, I, I got a question to the, uh, back to the 49ers. Um, so I, I, as I mentioned, I'm doing this beat writer series and, uh, recently sat down with Cam Inman of the San Jose Mercury news. And, um, he got me even, I, I was, I was still, kind of you know i'm still kind of in on on christian mccaffrey but just from listening to him and kind of him breaking down it it made me a little more bullish on him where where are you on mccaffrey 49er allegiance aside uh are you you know if 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 you get the 103 and he's there are you grabbing him and could you be grabbing him even earlier
1: yeah absolutely the 103 i think there's an argument for 102 Uh, i'm still justin jefferson 101 Uh, um that I've made that pick several times. So I I wouldn't put McCaffrey first, Uh, but it's hard not, I mean, how can you not be, you know, everyone says there's, there's so many mouths to feed on that team. But to me, that's almost an advantage for him. In Carolina, they, you know, beat him down and beat him down and beat him down. And that's, you had some injury problems, but now he's on a team where he doesn't have to do it all. You know, catches five, six passes. He's electric when he gets the ball in his hands, you know, he bursts through the hole when he's, when he's running and they're going to score a lot of points. Uh, you know, when Brock Purdy took over, they scored a lot of points. And I know people don't still believe in the guy, but, uh, I don't know what he has to do. Uh, but the offense just ran better with him. Uh, and, and McCaffrey just does it all. I mean, you know, if he, ca- if he has 12 carries and 16, you know, six catches, that's still 18 touches. And, you know, they're, they're, He's just really, really good, and then I think honestly, being on a team with a lot of weapons is just makes him. The defense can't focus on him, and I think it keeps him fresher.
0: And I, and I think it actually makes him more because the fact that the forty nine er defense is also you know one of the best in the NFL. I think that's gonna that that's gonna be, be, make it easier for them to kind of you know pick and choose his opportunities. Elijah Mitchell is there, but you're right, he could be so efficient. I mean, and we saw the way they used him in the playoffs; they rode him but they didn't overuse him. And that, that to me was uh, a fine line. And I think Shanahan just walked it really well with him. So I I'm with you. I, I, I I'm even, I I may even think about, you know, one-on-one it's going I, I'm, I, I am, I do lean a little bit Jamar chase uh, over, over Jefferson, but it's just, I'm teetering now after that calf injury. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's, uh, they're, they're so close, you know, the, the Bengals have a, a better passing game, uh, but you know, uh, Jefferson doesn't have as good of a number two as right. chase. So, you know, I think you're, you can make
0: an, a case for either one. Yeah. And they both got pretty, you know, pretty good playoff schedules. So you know, for what, for our, the fantasy playoffs, I think, I think they're, they both, both Jefferson and chase line up pretty well. So, um, yeah, I think, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's great. So, um, theme of this show is going to is is the uh running back dead zone so talking about that so last year we had a few hits on it uh in in that dead zone kind of like you know talking about rounds four to eight uh for the most part guys that guys that came out cam Akers was one and some of these are going to be repeat, re- repeats in this uh, uh, that we're going to be talking about today. Josh Jacobs may, may have been, was a league winner for a lot of people. Cam Akers was definitely a league winner for people. Uh, Brees Hall until Brees Hall and Damian Pierce until they both got hurt were both really contributing. And Miles Sanders um, kind of came, came, you know, a lot of people were really fading him last year. Um, you know, kind of looking at that, looking at that zone. Oh, oh well, first off, any of those guys that you, you were like in or out on last year that either helped you or hurt you? Well, I I did like Akers a lot
1: last year. You just had that really difficult first 10 weeks that to, to get through, you know. And if you drafted him in the third or fourth round, maybe you were done by the time he, you know, maybe it was too late by the time he finally started to come through. I, I had Jacobson maybe in a league or two. That's just because I play too many. Uh, and, and Sanders, I, I can't say I had a lot of, so yeah, I don't think I hit many of those last year. So hopefully uh, this
0: year I can hit that middle of the draft a little bit better. Yeah. I think I completely ignored Sanders because I was, I was really high on Gainwell last year. So that was one Jacobs. I actually, I, I picked, I grabbed him. I had a zero RB build on a, uh, on a dynasty team and that team just ended up dominating because I got Kelsey and, and Jefferson in the first two picks. So. Oh, wow. And then Jacobs later, so just don't don't tell me don't we don't need to talk about the playoffs though, so don't need to, don't need to talk about week sixteen though. <laughs> that one I'm still crying about that one. But you're right. I mean, and how do you, so how do you approach the the this year's running back dead zone? There are some guys that that have, and we're going to talk about them um, that could have arguments either way to to kind of like be high on them or maybe just you know maybe want to fade them. I mean, I don't think you can avoid the area altogether. Uh,
1: you know, the, the way the league is going, so many teams are in a committee now that, I mean, you can't, I suppose you could load up, you know, RB, RB, RB and then, you know, go away from it for a little while. But then you're, you know, then you're playing lotto tickets at the end. And with running back injuries, I mean, I'm always a, a, a proponent of running back depth. Uh, to me, you can't never have enough because of the way they go down. Um, so I, I think you just have to kind of look in that area, you have to look at opportunity, uh, you know, as far as guys behind them, uh, as far as how the offense goes, you know, as far as a, a high scoring offense or a low scoring offense, not that that always works, uh, but I think that's definitely a factor. You know, you talked about Damian Pierce last year was, was killing it and the Texans couldn't score any points and he was still successful. So, you know, the high scoring offense doesn't always lead to, to points, but I think it. You, know, you want teams that score more than those that don't, but, uh and then i think some of its feel you know what have the guys done before coaching staff is always a big thing in in the nfl which isn't in other sports so you know what the offense coordinator and head coach have done in previous spots since it's always just a carousel we're rotating the same guys over and over uh so i think there's a few things that you can look at to uh to try to make educated guesses in those rounds
0: Are you, is there a kind of like a build that you, that you like a a hero RB zero or robust at the beginning? You know,
1: I've always been robust. I've always been robust. Like I've been three of the first five rounds RB most of my life. Uh, That's, that's always been kind of the way I did it. Like I said, can't have enough depth. And there's always been, you know, it's while it's been a passing league there's always been a lot of bell cow running backs and that's just not a thing anymore. So this year I'd say is the first that I've done more balanced builds than I ever have. And, and I've done a lot of different, like I have a draft today where I took Travis Kelsey and then took wide receivers, two wide receivers, and then didn't take it, you know, running back to the fourth round. So I'm really just kind of letting it come to me this year and see where it lands. And I, and I've picked all over the place from first to fourth to 10th to 12th. So, you know, to me, every draft is different. I, I, if you go into it with a set plan, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. You're setting yourself up for failure because you don't know what's going to happen. There's 11 other people in the draft with you and you don't know what they're going to do. Um, so if you like, oh, well, I'm going to take a running back in the first round and somehow three people don't take Justin Jefferson. You're like, oh, well, I'm taking Derrick Henry because I said so. That's a stupid move. You know, so, you know, I. I Every draft, you don't know what other people are going to do having a a kind of a, you know, a a loose idea of what you want to do is is good. But I think to have I'm doing zero RB or here RB, I I think you have to see what other people do around you.
0: Yeah, I think I I think you're right. I think uh, I feel like the first couple rounds determines how you're going to how you're going to go with that kind of like how everything falls because you're right. If a Jefferson or, you know, Tyreek Hill falls to like seven or eight or something like that, and you're you're kind of weighing a couple of decisions there, or Travis Kelsey somehow falls to the 12 pick, then you really got to make, you know, make, make some uh, gigantic decisions and kind of pivot off of that. So I, I, I totally agree. I think it's, uh, yeah, every draft is going to be a slow, snowflake. So um, I will say, though, I will,
1: I would not. You had Kevin Tompkins on the other day. You put me next yeah. to him. I would never do zero RB. To me, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's the stupidest thing. I really do. I mean, I know the NFL is pass heavy, but I mean, what do you? I don't care how good the wide receivers are. You're starting, you know, Jarek McKinnon, and Jamal Williams to start the season, and then hope, you know, if, if it works, you hit something. You hit luck with with a either a late round pick or you hit the waiver wire right. I mean, it's just to me, it's just, <clears throat> I think it's dumb.
0: So, I, to, be, I to be frank <laughs> <laughs> and we both ad- we both we both have strong feelings for kevin so i yeah right. you know, I, I you know what i i can't do it consistently uh i need that linus blanket of one guy at least uh i don't think i i very, very little in my going robust RB, but there's been a couple of times where I've had like a Jonathan Taylor or a Nick Chubb fall kind of in the second round that I can't pass him off uh, when I've already grabbed some, like an Eckler or a Bijan in the first round. Uh, so I, I hear. I, but yeah, a lot of times it's like I need that that one guy to hold on to. And it's like then I'll load up on receivers after that. But I need I need that one anchor guy, you know, for lack of a better term.
1: I also think that we find more wide receivers in free agencies during the year than there are running – like, you know, there are some injuries at running back two years ago there really wasn't very many at all, you know. So then what are you doing? You know, you're playing rookies and hoping or, you know, you're hoping for an injury every week, which I don't know. No, to me, it's not a great way to play.
0: It. it, it and I also – and, again, I mean, I, I saw a lot of uh, – a a lot of good arguments it's just i don't know if i want to hit the waiver wire that hard i don't know if i want to like you know play mix and match and kind of uh, be really uncomfortable with my with the way my running back room looks it's like oh yeah my wide receivers look fantastic i've got travis kelsey on top of it but i just uh there's some sort of security that needs to happen in that in those two slots
1: maybe because we're older and it always was running back heavy. (laughs) maybe we just never uh
0: you know join the cool kids crowd i don't know but i'm with you uh much as yeah much as jerry rice and so many others uh randy moss the the greatest show on turf and the, the those guys were uh you know brought us some great receivers and we've got great receivers now i mean i still you know go back to some of my favorite players of all time or like you know, Eric Dickerson and Earl Campbell. So yeah, it's those, those guys who were going at the top of the draft. And, um, so, uh, but let, let, that's going to go, that's going to lead us into another discussion that we don't have time for, but let's, <laughs> let, yeah, the, we, we don't want to get into running back contracts, but let, let's, let's kind of talk about, uh, uh, you know, some guys this year, um, that, you know, kind of like, kind of, um, Attacking the 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 wide receiver, the wide receiver, uh I'm sorry, the running back dead zone. But oh I, I forgot to ask a question. Kind of um, you know, we're starting to hear a lot more talk about the the wide receiver dead zone this year. And I, you know, I, I to me there's a part of me that's kind of like I I can I can I can kind of squint my eyes and be like, I could still see value later in the draft from, from the wide receivers. Where, where do you kind of stand on, the, on, on this wide receivers that dead zone that's breaking out?
1: Yeah. There's certainly a, a spot where you start looking at it and you're going, uh, uh, no, and you yeah. keep kind of keep scrolling and nothing's doing anything for you. And yeah, that's where I, you know, pick my second tight end or my fourth running back, or, you know, if I want a backup quarterback. So yeah, because then I'm looking, you know, 20 players down. And I'm like, okay, I still like that guy or, you know, Donovan people's Jones is way down there and, you know, he is a handful of good games a year and maybe Watson will be better this year. So, yeah, I think there is a, it's like that feeling chart, you know, like kind of in that one, there's like 20 guys that are just like, they could be okay, but do I, you know, am I reaching a little bit here? And that's where I've kind of been tapping other positions.
0: Yeah. I, I, I there is that point. Yeah. You, you start looking down and it's like, okay, well this guy looks this guy at like one Oh two, Looks very similar to the guy at 119. So it's like, oh, that guy will be there next round. So maybe I'll just, yeah, you're right, grab another tight end. But, um, so we'll we'll go into some of these guys for this year. Kind of like, what are you know, kind of what are some of the feelings uh, on guys? I'm going to be using the ADP from Underdog, uh, where they're being drafted. I think that's kind of like the 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 clean now because. The DeGens have been drafting there since the Super Bowl. When when was your first uh, underdog draft this year? Uh,
1: I I try not to do any before the draft, the NFL draft. I don't like the draft before I even know where guys are going. So I'd say probably the beginning of May.
0: That's that's I think I did my first I think I started mine just ceremoniously on Cinco de Mayo just for uh, just for grins. Uh, Yeah, I could. And plus, I wanted to get through baseball drafts and get a little baseball under me before I started diving into into that. But um, well, one guy who is 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 kind of a, a little bit polarizing is Travis Etienne. Um, on the one hand over a thousand yards last year he was really really helping teams but not a lot of targets last year so and you know he came in with this reputation that he could be a you know multi-use weapon and got 43 targets and then got some competition from tank Bigsby. one of the guys going right behind him is Drake london could you be are you are you weighing the two at that point
1: yeah I and mean, that's the funny thing to me about atn is he did come in as the you know, gadget guy was like, "No, oh, he's going to line up wide." And then once they got rid of James Robinson, like he never—they stopped targeting him. And I thought that was really strange because I thought that's what his strength was supposed to be coming out of college. Uh, so you wonder, you know, given the the, the te- they figure the team's going to throw a lot. You know, Tr- Trevor Lawrence is getting better. Uh, they added Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram is back. You know, this Christian Kirk had a great year last year. Zay Jones. They brought in Zay Flowers. I mean, they. They just have a lot of different weapons, which to me should open up running lanes for him, right? Like they should. So I'm I haven't drafted him yet, but it's not because I don't want to. It's just as I don't know. It just hasn't seemed to fall to me yet. So, uh, I like Drake London. I you know he was the one usable guy last year. So sure, there's concern with with Ritter at quarterback. Um. At that spot, if I'm picking between the two, all things equal, I'm probably going Etienne. But that's that's a pretty close one for me.
0: Yeah, I'm. I think I, I'm at this at this kind of point. I think I'm feeling good about where where I am. Uh, hopefully, I've got a running back that I like. I'm probably passing on him for London just because I think I think London uh, has another gear in him this year. And I and I am a little worried about what Bigsby is gonna that Bigsby might take some of the some of the targets away from him. So uh, him being Etienne.
1: Yeah, I do wonder if, you know, are they going to pull a Lions and never really give him that, you know, lines with DeAndre Swift and not hold him back that much. But, are you know, are they kind of not trusting him as their their main back, you know, or, or their their full time back?
0: No, I, th- I think I think this one's I think this one's going to be one, and it, and it's kind of he's kind of at the beginning point of the RB dead zone that you start to really think about uh, uh, maybe maybe not. So um, the next one is actually a, uh, one that uh, muy interesante on this one, Joe Mixon. Uh, he had that five touchdown blow up game. There was fifty one points. But he didn't. Uh, he didn't get close to a, a thousand yards. He got he got just over eight hundred yards. Um, had a good season receiving. Uh, you know, you've got McLaurin and the new Tennessee Titan DeAndre Hopkins coming in behind him uh, on on the draft board. Where, how do you, how are you approaching him? I've
1: really never been a mixing guy. Until last year, I was like, "Oh, he's really," and then he didn't have a great year. But I, I don't know. But I'm I'm back. I'm back for for this year, and I'm not really 100 percent sure why. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow's injury. Obviously, if that was to be major, that would really put a, a, a blow on Mixon's value. But I, I think he's the, he's got the backfield for sure. He can catch you know plenty of passes. His legal troubles seem to be behind him. Uh, so I think you know Cincinnati is going to have another good year. I'm in on him. I like McLaurin a lot. Uh, you know, I've drafted him a handful of times. There's a little bit of unknown with Sam Howell at quarterback, but I mean, they're yeah. sure they're sure all in to give him the go. And you know, in shorts so far, he has looked good for whatever that's worth. <laughs> uh, Hopkins, I'm actually a little down on. Uh, you know, when he is out there and no one really came after him, that said something to me. Like, what do teams know that we don't know? Um, and then he lands with Tennessee. You know, I know he's a target machine. He can catch anything, uh, but he's kind of turning into a, a you know slot receiver. Not that he doesn't play the slot, but you know, kind of like that kind of. Really, what is he averaging ten yards a catch? It's it's.
0: I feel like yeah. he.
1: I feel like he's kind of getting to the back half, and I think I haven't drafted at all this year, and I, I'm a little down on him. So those three, it's close between McLaurin and Mixon. I'm going Mixon, uh, but again, I could see get that one going either way.
0: Yeah. I, mean, uh, I was, see, I was in on mixing in 2021 when he, uh, oh, because good. I, yeah, that was, that, that was good. And in 18, he won me a championship, but, um, last year I was kind of neutral on him this year. I, I, you know, the receiving really helps really, really helps getting 60 receptions is something that's that, that is very, te- that is very tempting. Um, You know, I, it's, yeah, at that point, I'm kind of a coin flip. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, that, that big game did kind of skew things, but yeah, that you, that usage in the passing game and you know, they, I know they got guys there after Samaj P Ryan, but, um, You know, adding Chase Brown, I think people may have gotten a little too heated up on him early on. But I also um, think part of the
1: attractiveness is his ADP has come way down. Like he was a first round picker, very close a few years ago. Now it is at the fourth. I mean, it it gets even more attractive. You know, the farther he
0: falls. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, next guy, Aaron Jones. You know, he was one of the target leaders last year. Now he's got, but he's going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. And, you know, I had someone on uh, Dusty Evely of um, uh, Packer Report and Cheesehead TV. You know, I I asked the question, what if Jordan Love is good? Uh, But I I think if Jordan Love, whether Jordan Love is great or just middling, I I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play play a role. where, where, Where are you on him? Yeah, I mean,
1: even if Jordan Love isn't great, Aaron Rodgers was not good last year either. So, it, you know, kind of similar, even if they get similar play, uh, I feel like I come kind of a little bit more down on Jones every year. Uh, Going to be 29 in December. And we know, you know, yes. that's not good for running backs. And A.J. Dillon, while they've never let him completely take over in spots, has looked good. He can catch passes like, you know, Jones is a superior pass catcher, but Dillon can also catch passes. Uh, you know, I know you have him up against Deontay Johnson, who has to score more touchdowns than he did last year. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's physically impossible not to. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm a little sour on on Jones this year, and I'm feeling, I think the the discount on Deontay, I'm kind of digging this year.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things it's that, that receipt. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one's, that one's a really tough one because I really like Deontay this year, this year too. And um, it's, I mean, it, that, that, that one, it's almost like, do I need a running back at this point? Or do I need like a third or fourth receiver? Um, So that, that is what I'm looking at. I, I, I don't think I'd have, I mean, Aaron Jones might be some people's like number one, Number one running back in a zero RB build, or maybe even later than that. But um, I like the the wider the receiver use, uh, the the receiving game usage. Um, I, I, there's a part of me that's kind of like, eh, you know what, the running the running is going to come down a little bit. So uh, yeah, that one's a tough one. That that one's I made lean Jones just because. I'm an old guy, and I read, and, and I just, you know, I, I end up, I end up leaning to the running back when in doubt. So just, to, just to get that guy, but uh, it's, gosh, that one's, that one's, this one is one of my toughest arguments. Uh, the next one, Alexander Madison, uh, we're is, is a guy. I, I always want to do Hamilton. I always want to say his name, like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Al- Alexander Madison. I, I'm. I'm wondering if in the fantasy community we've gotten a little too hyped up about him uh, because he didn't start a game last year, uh, didn't touch the ball more than 12 times in any game. Um, You know, is he a guy that you're targeting this year over uh, Chris Godwin? Uh, Not really. Uh,
1: You know, like you said, he's never really – I know Dalvin Cook is fantastic, but even when Dalvin Cook's been hurt in recent seasons – he hasn't always come through. Like he's had a couple of good games here and there, but he's had a plenty of duds. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think it's the fantasy community knowing him for a while and just like, Oh, just waiting for him to to get his chance that now, you know, he's being drafted at a certain spot, but uh, I don't think he's anything of a sure thing. Uh, I'm not dead set against drafting him by any means, but uh, he's not, hasn't been a target of mine going into it. And I think I like Godwin. I mean, Baker yeah. Mayfield's terrible. Uh, we know that, but Godwin's a slot receiver, so it's not like Mayfield slinging it forty down, forty yards down the field to him. You know, he's going to be a target machine in the middle of the field, uh, and I think that Godwin's has you know, got a chance at ninety plus receptions, and and I would definitely take uh, take uh, Godwin over Madison there.
0: Yeah, and you know what, I'm I'm looking at the at the Vikings. They're going to be more pass heavy this year. I feel like I think so. Yeah, you know, Jordan Addison uh, coming on, joining the fold. I think. I mean, obviously, we talked about. I don't have to convince you anymore on Je- Justin Jefferson. Nope. Uh, Hawkinson was a stud. You know, at, at, at a lot after he came over in a trade, and I don't think KJ Osborne is rolling o- rolling over playing dead. I think there's a lot to like with uh that and also uh uh my vikings insider also pointed out their defense secondary is still not good so no. a <laughs> lot a lot of shootouts coming a lot of shootouts coming so yeah it's gonna be maybe madison helps in the running game but you're right i mean in the passing game but you're right about him letting fantasy managers down uh i, I believe once it was i think it was in the 2021 playoffs that that dalvin cook sat out and he and madison just put up a clunker so uh yeah that's definitely definitely something that uh you know to keep an eye on so um you know this this next the the next one is actually kind of a pair my my miles sanders and cam Akers. they're both going at 63 my miles sanders going at 63. Uh Cam Akers is going at 65. And you're passing on Michael Pittman and Mike Evans uh to get to to get to them. Starting with Miles Sanders, there's this talk of him getting more pe- work in the passing game from the coaching staff, but we hear that a lot. Uh thankfully we didn't hear the oh, we're gonna get him some work in wide receiver because we always get we always hear that, <laughs> and we know we know we know what to do with that. Uh we light it on fire for fertilizer, but um, uh, but yeah. Miles Sanders, are, I'm kind of wanting to buy that by the hype, but I'm not going to expect them to get 50 receptions.
1: I'm seeing a lot of people pretty high on him, and I'm trying to get behind it, but I haven't really found a way. I know he's off a of Philly now, which is notoriously a committee, you know, team. And I know he was very good last year. I, I don't know what the Carolina offense is going to be. You know, is their quarterback ready? You know, what do they have a wide receiver? It's just a bunch of guys. Uh, so you know, they're going to score 14 points a game or is everything or you know, they could blow up and, and be really good. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, I've never really been sold on Sanders. Uh, maybe I, I'm wrong here. I'm not sure, but uh, there's just a lot of, I've, he's been around a while and he's nice, but I don't know. Did, is Philly just a committee team or do they know that he couldn't handle the load all, all year long? So uh, I'm, I'm I'd be Acres over Sanders. Uh, I'd be the hmm. receivers over Sanders, but I, I like we talked earlier about the Rams. I just think they're going to be better this year. Uh, you know, Acres. You got to figure he's motivated, right? Like after he's like it's trying true. to get off the team, and then they didn't let him go. So now he's he can't like pull that twice. Like he's got okay. This team, I'm sure they tried to trade him and they couldn't, but like it kind of gave him another chance, and he came through and. They were just so bad last year. Uh, you know, no one stepped up when he was out at all. Uh, Kyron Williams is okay, but you got to figure it's his backfield. He can catch some passes, He's got some nice knack around the goal line to, to punch it in. Uh, you know, you know, Stafford's not running it in, uh, you know, so he doesn't have to yeah. deal with that. Like Buffalo, you know, guys in you know, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and that kind of thing. So, uh, I, I like Akers, I'd take him, over, I'd take him. Uh, you know Pittman. Who's the other wide receiver? You're oh, uh, Evans. Mike Pittman. Evans. Yeah, I go Acres, Evans, Pittman, Sanders.
0: Well, okay, I could see that. I I could see that. I mean, the one thing that 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 may, that kind of sheds a light on on Miles Sanders is really. I mean, Chuba Hubbard's the next guy. Yeah. I don't know. I and I don't know if there. I, I don't know if he's more than a changeup guy on that thing. You're right. But Cam Acres, when uh, you know going back to the girly days, they haven't had like one guy and Cam makers may, you know, he's far enough away from the, from the Achilles injury. Maybe they, they you know, they, they fortified the offensive line. Have, are they going to land on a, on a good and healthy five, some front? So uh, that, that to me is going to be, it has me thinking that, that they could, that they could do, that he could do something this year because I mean, that closing kick, he was the RB three, for those weeks, fifteen to seventeen, which were the fantasy playoffs last year, and uh, I, I that to me is I I think maybe some people who got a little fat and happy uh, winning him, I think that's going to make them just kind of like gas him up a little bit and and maybe grab him a little around early just to make sure they're getting him. So yeah, that that one. But yeah, yeah, I guess we can't talk enough Rams, even though you're co- we're coast to coast on this, yeah, one. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Damian Pierce was one of my, one of my guys last year. And, uh, but now he's got, uh, and he was one of the, t- he was number five in yards after contact this year. Um, and he, that was with him missing the final four games of the season with a, with a sprained ankle. So the other guys in front of him, you know, had, you know, played 16 or 17 games, but he, he's going in front of Jordan Addison, Gabriel Davis, Jahan Dotson, Dotson. I'm high on Pickens. I'm and George Pickens. I'm high on. I, I, there's there's a part of me that wants to go pierce where we're you know that's that's a healthy group right there any any way you're leaning all in i'm, I'm, all,
1: I'm all i've am i drafted a lot of pierce like we talked earlier like the team was awful awful yes. last year and he was still putting up 100 yard games like it was going out of style uh you know i think they've made improvements sure they brought in some competition but you know if he did that last year I don't know why he won't do it again this year like i said it was an ankle injury so it wasn't it wasn't anything major he didn't rupture his Achilles or anything so it seems like he should be ready to go i think Houston they're not ready for the playoffs but they're certainly going to i think be better than they were last year and pierce just looked like a stud uh and i'm i'm loving the discount and i've drafted i think i've drafted him twice today never mind you know at all. So yeah, Pierce is a guy I've I've been very high on so far at his ADP. I don't think he can beat it.
0: I I mean, he's a guy that I do like having as my second RB. I feel like I'm really strong. And actually, if I get, if I get him as a second RB after going an anchor RB approach, I may, I may ignore running back for a couple more rounds and just kind of like fortify the rest of the roster because I feel really strongly about that one. He's a, I, I, I fell in love with him at the senior bowl when I saw him run at the senior bowl and I just think he's going to, I, I think they're, they're, they're going to use him to kind of take some of the pressure off CJ Stroud this year. And um, yeah. And you know, kind of underrated, decent offensive line. So, yeah. you know, Alarmy tonsil, they got some, they got some, they got some guys who can block up there. I'm um, with you. I like, I like Pickens. I like Dotson, uh, but yeah, my chips are all in. I'm, I'm piercing that area. Yeah. Yeah. Lo, lo, yeah. Like him a lot. So the next one, Rashad White is getting a lot of gas right now. Um people are people are liking the fact that there was really no competition added. Uh, they did they did grab Sean Tucker as a uh undrafted free agent, but it's Rashad White. I think I think people are taking expecting a big second year leap. Uh he did only have 129 rushing attempts last year, so adding another 75-100 on there is kind of tough uh is he a guy you're grabbing? Uh, he's and he's going in an area where Traylon Burks and Brandon Cooks are going. I, I like him over
1: those two receivers. I I know he hasn't done anything in a couple of years, but I'm still sneaky, end of drafts, thinking about Chase Edmonds. Uh, Ooh, he's had some explosive times in his career. I don't know, you know, could he they bring him in, you know, to do some things? He's been a, a kind of a best ball darling of mine towards the end. Uh, just as a dart throw, Uh, just some, I like white, I know I had him on a few teams last year. I don't know that I've drafted him at all this year. I think the Tampa Bay offense is clearly going to take a step back uh, from last year. Uh, Will they be behind a ton? I mean, he is a good pass catcher. So I think the floor is there. Uh, And I, I do like him better than, than the receivers, you know, Burks again, a little concerned about Tennessee and, and as much as I just trashed Hopkins a minute ago, you know, he's still going to be the the number one target yeah. there. So Burks takes a little bit of a hit there. I like cooks as well. Um, but I like white there. I think he's going to be good. I don't, I don't expect a huge jump, but I think even without a huge jump, he's still a pretty solid value there.
0: Yeah. I, I, looking at him, I mean, he's one of those guys that, that, um, this is kind of like the tail end of where I want to grab my second running back. So he, if I, if I've missed on Pierce uh, earlier or, and I have grabbed Sanders a few times, Sanders and acres a few times, but um, if I, if somehow I get aced out of those guys, I'm, I'm grabbing I, Rashad white. He's kind of like my last, last part, you know, last guy that I want to be grabbing as my second RB for me to be somewhat comfortable. Last, um, last, last guy to talk about, and it's kind of a you know a little bit of a, a former you know i mean one of the, one of the best running fantasy running backs uh of the last several years uh had a couple of like magnificent seasons alvin kamara so um but the last couple of seasons it's been a little bit underwhelming maybe he got a little overused the, the, these last two seasons he went over 200 carries both seasons uh there's potential for a suspension looming um you're passing on rashad bateman michael thomas his teammate or sky moore uh grabbing him at 90 uh adp 90 uh, alvin kamara he's our last guy to talk about
1: i don't know if i'm being dumb and it's the name value and you know i remember the three 83 yard uh, 83 reception seasons but I still like uh, the 90th pick. I have a really hard time, you know, saying no to him. Yeah, you see how this meeting with Goodell goes, uh, which I think it'll be fine. Uh, you know, obviously if you're drafting today, you know, it's a little bit more of a risk than maybe last week. But I think last year he definitely looked cooked. But, you know, the, the whole Saints team didn't do very well. And I wonder maybe his motivation wasn't there. You know, when when everything's going down, there's some guys that, you know, just don't take it well. And maybe he's one of those guys but they, they drafted Kendra Miller, they brought in Jamal Williams, who just what would he score? 14 touchdowns last year for the Lions. 17. 17, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, there's a lot of red flags with Kamara, but for some reason, I, I just can't say no. Like in the eighth round, uh, you know, for a guy with with this at least potential out of the out of the backfield. I think Derek Carr, I know everybody hates him, but he's not terrible. I, I think he gets a bum rap in the fantasy community. Uh, and, and I like Camara over those receivers, and uh, he's has your third running back. It's really hard to not, not like him. You know, uh, it, it's it's a tough one for me to pass on.
0: You're you're right. You know, when you're talking about a third running back at that point, uh, you're not you're not grabbing him as your second running back with the you know with the, with the idea that maybe he's going to get suspended for however many games, and you're going to miss him on that. But then you grab him, and you're like. Uh, you don't feel so bad, even if you got to miss miss a couple of games. So I, 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 I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. There is that part of me that also that you know. After talking to John Hendricks the Sports Illustrated, he was telling me that that um, they're looking to use him. You know, they don't want to run him 220, 240 times. They want they want to get back to like the you know 175 to 185 times and use him more in the passing game, which obviously in PPR leagues is 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 very valuable. Get him at this point. Yeah, maybe he's not going to score 17, 18 touchdowns, but you know, 8 to 12 with with good receiver usage for p- pick number 90, sign me up. I think I think he's at
1: his best when he's not being run into the ground yeah. to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In fact, I remember a couple times John Payton kind of like really took the the pedal, you know, took took the foot off the pedal with him um several times kind of trying not to not not to use him too much so uh and and because to kind of give him because he'd been a little bit banged up so i think you're right i think you're right so um uh, so uh grabbing grabbing your rb2 in this range um would you consider yourself grabbing 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 your rb2 in this range the guys that we've talked about
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like you said, I don't think Kamara is probably not your, your second. I think that would be kind of late. You'd, you'd have an awesome receiving core and one of the top tight ends if he's your second. Uh, but yeah, I, I think if you're grabbing two before that, you know, maybe if you're doing running back, running back, Hey, you know, maybe you're going to come up a little short in a couple other places. I, I have no problem. Obviously, like, you know, I said, Mixon and Pierce, uh, I think are the two that I probably like the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also guys, you know, a little late. I like Isaiah Pacheco. I like Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. I I really love the Javante Williams the the bargain there. I mean, I know they brought in P Ryan, but
0: like
1: he's he's even going later than these guys, and you know, the the capabilities are are huge for him if he's okay going into the year. And they didn't put him on the pup list, so yeah, I'm I'm chomping up all the Javante Williams I can uh, in that range too.
0: Yeah, I didn't put him in there just because of the the injury risk, but he's not on the pup list. And even if he's limited early in the season, you know, they they could they could actually get 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 kind of like a back half of the season discount on him. And uh, uh, yeah, and and from where you're drafting him, I think it's I, I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know not everyone plays, but I'm sure enough people who watch you have at least heard of the Scott Fishbowl. He's my third running back. Like, how could I not say no to, yeah, yeah. So I, I think people have uh, over, over, you know, corrected on his, his
0: injury a little bit. And who, look who's calling plays for him. Right, yeah. yeah, he's he's a guy who knows how to how to scheme up a running back. Yeah, Do you you know of the guys that we talked about, or maybe some we didn't talk about. Is there kind of like a, a Josh Jacobs that that uh, could emerge from this RB dead zone?
1: Uh, I, I'm just. I guess I'm just talked enough about Damian Pierce. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think I just really think he's going to have a really good season. Uh I think that the the volume is going to be there where a lot of these guys are sharing. Where I don't. I don't think he's going to share that much as long as he's healthy. So, uh, you know, you look at Jacobs, and now, and you said you don't want to go into the, the conversation of, of running back contracts, but we're almost going to have to start to in in fantasy in the future because look what the look what the Raiders did with him last year. They ran him into the ground. The Giants just take on Barkley, they knew they're not going to keep this guy, so let's get everything we can out of him before we have to talk about franchise tagging or letting him go. So you get you start looking at guys who are kind of coming to the end of that rookie deal and you kind of think that teams are going to, you know, probably give them a little more volume than they should uh, to try to, you know, get everything they can out of the asset before they unfortunately just sweep them
0: aside. No, I, I hear you. Hopefully someday they figure something out for the running backs because it's right now, the way that the contracts are done are not fair. And I, I don't, you know, I'm going to give this 30 seconds for from, from me. <laughs> uh, I honestly think the way that everything is being set up for, I mean, the, the way they're handling it right now, I don't know how they get better pay by not going out and performing. So that – I the way things are structured right now. So I don't – you know, it's like we saw with Le'Veon Bell. You know, he sat out a season. Yeah, he got paid, but he was never the same. So – that's that. That's the end of mine. So if you please feel free to add. <laughs> I, I, I
1: mean, I'm interested to see what happens with these guys. Did Le'Veon Bell have other interests besides football? You know, between, you know, he had the rap CDs and a long history with marijuana. I mean, did, did he use that year off the best that he possibly could? Maybe he did. I'm not saying he didn't. I don't know what he did. But I was just, I, I wonder if some of these other guys uh, will have a different result. Maybe they won't it's got to be hard to just take a year off your job and then try to come back. Uh, But yeah, he, I, I, we'll see if his was a, you know, test case for him or if that's kind of the way it works. So we'll
0: see. Yeah. I I don't know. So uh, any, uh, you know, we, we talked to wide receivers in there, any, uh, any other, you know, thoughts, advice, recommendation on that, that you would have for the familia community on, on, on this RB dead zone. I
1: mean, like I said earlier, you can't ignore it. Uh, you right. still have to start two running backs. So, you know, you're going to have to do your best in this area. Look at the, you know, like I said, look look at the competition for carries. Look at the offense around them. Look at the coaching staff. Look at the offensive line, obviously, is, is super huge. Uh, and like I said, when in doubt, you can't go wrong with some running back depth.
0: Yeah, get it. Yeah, because they, they get churned. They get churned. So, uh, okay, quick quick, quick baseball. Uh, yeah. any, great, any great player calls this season? Uh,
1: I, I had a – it hasn't been my best year. Uh, Josh Young in Texas is a guy who's been on a bunch of my teams, you know, got hurt before his rookie season. And I was like, well, I don't know why he's going discounted now that he's healthy. Uh Esheri Ruiz, obviously, is on a DL right now, but has stolen a, a ton of bases and uh, a late – pitcher who is also just coming back from injury but merrill kelly in arizona has has been good for me uh towards the end of you know dollar players in auctions and and cheap towards the end of drafts so those are three that i've done fairly well with this year
0: yeah i i I tell you well um i felt i the one guy i felt good and 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 he's surpassed everything i could have expected from him was uh kind of like a hold on ronald ronald Cunha and still no god yeah you still, I, what he's doing is ridiculous. Though. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, see, I mean, cash. I mean, he could still 70 bases and hit, you know, close to 40 homers It's just
1: yeah. <laughs> video game <laughs> numbers.
0: It, it really is. It, it really is. Zach Allen's been a guy uh, that I that I've been kind of like. He's he's had some clunkers of late, so uh, he's he's been one. But actually, where where uh, a couple things that that have really helped me is just some young guys coming up. Uh, Matt McLean for the Reds yeah. um, was a guy. Uh, one one of my leagues, at, uh, my NL only league, drafted him, and he he came up and he's done well. And holding on to Ezekiel Tovar, just kind of believing in him. So um yeah those, those guys yeah i'm a big prospect town big prospect town good to know good to know it's, it's been a good year. so feel free to feel free to ask me <laughs> anytime oh, well, I was, mostly national league more national better better with national league guys though this year it's uh it, it was really good to to believe in baltimore yeah oh so, god man that that's just that that's spectacular so uh and we're doing this after the trade deadline cardinals uh where do you feel about what they did I, was, I mean, they're sellers, which they should be because they're
1: 14 games under 500 or so. Uh, and it didn't sell off any piece that I really saw as something of the future. You know, Jordan Hicks is, is likely to go three runs as he is to strike out three guys. Uh, you know, Paul DeYoung, he was in the minors last year, he's at 150. And he can pop a bunch of home runs, but then he's going to strike out for a week. Uh, so, and uh, they got rid of Jordan Montgomery, who you know was a nice piece for them, but they picked up last year at you know trying to make a run, and he wasn't going to be part of their future. So, uh, you know, I don't think they got any great thrill of a prospect back, but it was guys who probably weren't going to be on the team next year. So, to get anything back, you know, you're, you're pretty happy with, and if one of them pops through, uh, you're happy. I'm just glad they didn't trade him. There was little rumblings of trading Nolan Arenado, which I think would have been a mess. You know, they've blown like 30 saves this year. You know, if they convert half, they're in first place. So it's not like the team is bad. They really need starting pitcher and they need to find a closer, but their offense is still fantastic.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, I wasn't believing that that whole Nolan Naronado to the Dodgers. I, I wanted to, see I wanted to see it as a Dodger fan. I mean, look, look, you know, St. <laughs> <got you> <laughs> <like, laughs> Patrick's Day shirt, but, uh, but no, it, it, uh, I, I didn't believe it. I mean, it's like that. He's one of the elite players at one of the hardest positions to find elite players, and he's still in his prime, and he's a guy who's going to age gracefully. So I, I, and he's I, a I really good
1: clubhouse guy. I, I will say the the rumored haul that I saw that the Dodgers were going to give up, I was like,
0: eh, that's not that
1: bad. I mean, it was three of your top pitching prospects and and a couple of position. I mean, as much as I wouldn't want to, if that's what they got back, I, I probably would have been able to swallow it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I still didn't know. So I, I, I get you. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to my my buen amigo, Tom Davis, biggest Cardinal fan I know. And he texted me a whole bunch saying, you know, with, with a lot of uh, a lot of angry emojis on everything. It's so. been it's been a rough year, <laughs> a little rough, a little rough. Well, we're going to close on a not so rough, On a not so rough. I, I always love, you know, this being Familia FFB, I always love to work into Mexican culture. And the, the greatest place to start is food. So uh, I, I'd love to know a favorite Mexican foods. Any places you want to give a shout out in your neck of the woods? Oh, Casa Villa.
1: Oh. is my, is my favorite. That was like during the pandemic, me, and my wife and my kids all love, really love Mexican food. So, uh, you know, when we were down to only taking takeout, we we're like, OK, we're going to go there every week because if some place is going to make it out of this pandemic this is where we wanted to make it out of. So we made we made a point to get takeout from there once a week uh and they were very uh you know generous with the margaritas because we were allowed to take those to go during covid. So it's a ver- it's a very nice family-owned restaurant uh with with great people that pretty much know what we're going to order when we come in and uh it's just yeah. So I I love Mexican food. I like flour tacos to corn which probably makes me a terrible person. Uh no. I thought corn was like the official
0: Mexican that taco they're both great okay i i enjoy you know I, I, corn is the one i want to i eat i, I eat I, I eat them both corn i eat for um when you know when i want to be sensible flour is almost like a treat gotcha so um and i will say homemade either and handmade either one that comes straight off of the straight off of the griddle the comal as we say in spanish uh there's a few things better in life (laughs) homemade corn or flour tortillas uh just coming right off oh fantastic yeah so i'm not gonna judge you i'm not gonna judge you on any tortilla types oh good okay
1: because i thought that was i thought that was judgeable i didn't know but yeah the, the local place their steak tacos are just out of this world i don't know what they put in the meat but they are just spectacular can't go wrong with the shrimp taco, all the enchiladas, uh, all the enchiladas. And, and
0: uh, just, yeah, uh, give it give it all to me. Oh, man, man. Well, that's oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, oh, I, I, I wanted to ask one thing. The, the fighting ch- your fighting chance handle. Where, where did that come from?
1: That came from the blog that I started, Fighting Chance Fantasy. Oh. I was actually a late uh, arriver to Twitter. I, I thought at the first I was like, "This is stupid," and I didn't do it. I was, you know, I was when Fantasy Line first started. I would monitor their their Twitter feed on Sundays, uh, you know, answer the questions, the lineup questions coming into it. But I'd never had started my own thing. Uh, until like a few years later and I was back on my own blog. So Fighting Chance Day it comes from the blog that I started. Now it's been so long that I I don't want to
0: change it. Uh, it's your brand. It's your brand. So uh, and hey, I can't wait to see you at the, at the Fantasy Football Expo. Oh, um, can't wait. Stuff that stuff we got coming up uh, other than ce- us celebrating your birthday on, uh, you know, on the first night.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, It's next Friday. It's my birthday, driving to Canton to hang out with you and all my
0: other great
1: fantasy football friends, that that party in the first night in the field. Uh, I I can't wait to get back out there again. Hope the weather's going to be good. Other than that, man, I've had a really busy summer. You know, I was at the FSGA in Cleveland in June. A couple days later, I went with my wife to a work conference. We went on family vacation like nine days later. Uh, I just planned the Scott Fishbowl New York City draft a couple weeks ago. Uh, me and my wife are involved in the local spca the the animal shelter we just did a charity golf tournament we organized that that was just last friday so after the expo i'm just gonna sleep for a week and a half and get ready for football season but i think i'm I think i'm home for a while after canton it's been it's been a whirlwind 10 weeks or so for me
0: uh unreal unreal well I, you know anything anything to do with pets is uh you know really good with uh, the martine five we got nice thankfully thankfully my dog was uh behaving and slept uh through this because he's probably about six feet away from me but yeah
1: <laughs> I, I i was able to grab both of the collars off of mine because one of them was itching and i'm like all right so we gotta <laughs> I, we don't need the jangling in the back so they both got close <laughs> to me so i i took their collars off of them so yeah, we have, we have three here, too, and they all come from the shelter. And just it's such great you know, to see not only for the animals that they save, but also for the families in the community. Like, yeah, you, know, you have pets and they're they're a family, you know, and, and I, I don't know what my life would be without our pets. You know, they are they are family. So it's a it's a really fulfilling thing. She was involved when we met and I've just really got involved over the years. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, really good people. Uh, and it's something that I'm very passionate about.
0: Oh, fantastic, mi amigo. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes they they say we rescue the dogs, they kind of rescue us too a little Absolutely. bit so, Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, me amigo, feel free. Let, let, let's close up shop. Pump anything you anything you got coming up. Uh,
1: you know, most of my most of my stuff is behind the scenes at this point. You know, the fanjections is the player projections that that we do. You can see them on Fantasy Alarm and and several other sites around the the universe, but I will plug Fantasy Alarm since uh always family to the end uh, and I would go there you know howard Bender and and that crew has is, is just put out great stuff they just have their NFL draft guide and their NFL cheat sheet uh, and you know always always bleed fantasy alarm so uh go there my projections are there but uh as far as articles and stuff I'm, I'm kind of in a little hiatus at the moment so uh, just uh, find me at the expo if you go we'll have a beer and have a good time
0: Oh, fantastic. Man. I mean, I well, definitely will. Definitely will. This has been awesome. This has been awesome. So again, familia, make sure following us on YouTube, hit that subscriber button, hit that subscriber button, por favor, por favor. Also make sure you're going to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code familia23, familia23 if you want to do it in Spanish. Use, you know, you're going to get matched the first $100. You're going to get another $100 best ball drafts all the way up to September 7th. And then you can do little pickums here and there, whatever you want to do. They got it. They they got great fantasy drafts over at underdog fantasy. Again, you can find me at Jorge Martin17, our invitado here, Ryan Hallam at fighting chance get them on find them on twitter give them a follow uh you find some of my stuff coming up i I've been, you know i've got that weekly column coming up on on yahoo and stuff on fantasy pros and everything else so keep keep an eye out for everything i got coming up otherwise um make sure you're enjoying the fantasy the the fantasy implications that are coming up for these exhibition games that really really don't matter <laughs> so and always remember una that you know Ryan mentioned, you know, uh, their their family. Always remember, todos somos familia. Salud.